Fletcher, your host of Small Talks Big Ideas with Steve. Appreciate you all being here. Whether or not you plan for it, maybe you're on your way to work, maybe you're on your way to lunch, maybe you're sitting by your four-foot-tall radio fireside chat style just with bated breath for the old Small Talks Big Ideas with Steve Monday at 1230. Whoever you are, I appreciate you being here. We always appreciate OM 96.3 FM, Charleston's community-centric, centered radio station for putting us on the air, giving us an opportunity to chat with local change makers in the local independent business ecosystem. So this is going to be an hour. If you're not familiar with what we do here, it's going to be a very laid back, relaxed, informative, hopefully. I know very valuable based on our guests this week, um, hour for you to tune in, learn a little bit about what's going on in the local independent business world here in the low country of South Carolina. My guest this week, I'm super excited that we have him on the air. He is coming at us from a local sports organization. I know you've heard of him. They're the South Carolina Stingrays. He is, and I may butcher this, but let me know if I'm, I'm correct here, Kevin. He's the vice president of sponsorships and corporate partnerships, all that good stuff. The stuff that is the fuel on the fire that is the South Carolina Stingrays. This man is at the helm making sure it's all happening. His name is Kevin Schilt. And Kevin, I want to hand it over to you in just a minute for you to give a little intro yourself, but I want to let the listeners know that Kevin and I, uh, we don't go way back, but we have had many communications in the past, in the recent past, last couple of years. None of them have been in the flesh. So here we are speaking to you virtually and remotely, and ironically, it is the first time he and I are here looking at each other in the same room. So excited to be here with you, Kevin, excited to drill down a little bit into what you do, what makes the Stingrays the Stingrays, why it's so important for the low country of South Carolina to be the backdrop for an organization like the Stingrays, all the different ways you interface with other local independent organizations and businesses, all that great stuff. So I'm going to hand it over to you, and uh, I think we'll kick it off with just a wide-open question about you, who you are, what you do. If you wouldn't mind just sharing with me, Kevin, in one to two sentences, who is Kevin Schilt? Wow. Uh, that's a lot, Steve. Um, appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. And uh, again, first time meeting in the flesh and I'm, you know, here on your podcast. So it's a, a nice way to start the introduction. Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, considering me a, a local change maker, um, I appreciate that, you know, that comment. Um, so my name is Kevin Schilt. I'm the vice president of corporate partnerships with the South Carolina Stingrays hockey team. I am in my third year with the team. Um, I've been in sports for roughly about 15 years, lived in Charleston now for, f I think, five. Um, so I kind of bounced around a little bit. I was with the, the Charleston Battery for a little bit with the Chamber of Commerce and, and kind of got back into my love of, of hockey and been working with the, the Stingrays for, for three years. Nice. Battery, huh? How, how long are you with the Battery? I was there for two seasons, um, when they were playing at the Daniel Island location. So oh, nice. I left right before that ownership transition and that, um, that move to, to Mount Pleasant. All right, so let's take it back. How did you end up in Charleston to begin with? You said about five years ago you ended up here, and then we'll talk a little bit about what you do with the Stingrays and, and why it's important for you to be doing it here as opposed to all the other cool places you could be doing partnerships for a, a sports organization. But why Charleston? Why the low country? How did you end up here? Was it, was it for the job first and foremost? If so, would you unpack that for us? If it wasn't, what were the other reasons? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, I started in, in, in the sports industry 
probably in, in 2007. You know, when you work in sports, you're, you are constantly kind of moving. You know, the, the next promotion is kind of the next team, the next city. Um, so I started in Tampa, Florida. I spent time in Wheeling, West Virginia. I spent time in upstate New York. And then about five years in the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania. And it was just one winter, to be honest. It was one winter that uh, I think we had an April snowstorm of about 36 inches. And my wife and I just kind of looked at each other and we're like, <laughs> we're done. Um, and The classic weather-related yeah, it was a weather. Yeah, it was a weather-related um, you know, kind of thing. And, and we just kind of chose Charleston and it was the first time in a decade that we chose our destination, that we chose where we wanted to live. And we came down to visit, loved it. And, um, again, it's very hard to kind of choose the location and then find a sports job that kind of corresponds (laughs) with that. Um, and I just got, got lucky with kind of the position with the battery that was able to kind of at least start that process to get me down here. You know, sure. and then kind of spent um, two years with them and then kind of started getting, you know, connected in uh, in the community and kind of getting more involved. And that's kind of what led to the chamber position and then ultimately what led to the Stingrays. And so you've been in, you've been in the sports world for a while. We were talking earlier, you've uh, you've played sports, you started out kind of interested in baseball. Um, you've eventually obviously made your way onto the other side of the curtain, so to speak, um, and you're, uh, you know, you're working more on the management and operations and partnership side now and have been doing that for a while. What, what gets you excited about that world? I mean, what drove, what drove you to, and there's a lot of people who, who grew up playing sports, right? But to then kind of take it the next step and become, you know, the individual, you know, pulling all the strings and, and, and kind of taking a 30,000 foot view to determine how an organization can excel, how it can meaningfully integrate with the community from which it emerges, um, you know, how it can be a real steward of that community in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah, I imagine some of these, these thoughts and others have crossed your mind over the years and have led you to the career trajectory you're in. Would you mind kind of unpacking a little bit of that for us? Yeah, I think, I think when most individuals, you know, and, and we're, we hire kind of a lot of people out of, you know, University of South Carolina, sport management program. And I think a lot of the times you hear, you know, I've always loved sports. I've always played sports. And I think that's, that's probably what gets people excited about the industry to start. Sure. Um, and then once you kind of get in it, it's a totally different, you know, cause you're really not involved, you know, at least m- my position and, and my role, I'm not really involved on the player side of things you know what's happening on the ice that's not my role they're not sending um, you out to like I'm block not, pucks and in, in a pinch i don't know how to i don't even know how to skate to be honest um <laughs> is that right yeah i don't right. even know I how to I skate see, i see a twitter post emerging <laughs> yeah. for the um, marketing of this episode but i think what what happens is you start working in it you start working in the community talking to fans and it's it's creating that memorable experience sure is what kind of excites me every day when i go into a game you know, for us, you know, we look at wins and losses as the experience, as the, you know, the, the, the attendance, you know. So when a Saturday night we have 7,000 fans, we are doing a community initiative with the Low Country Food Bank or Share Our Susie or Military Appreciation Night, and you see the community kind of getting together. And that's what kind of excites me every time, you know, and, you know, a five-year-old kid high-fiving a player before they go out onto the ice or handing a kid a puck, you know, for his first game. Sure. That's the, 
those experiences that kind of get me kind of through a long season, you know, because it is, it's a grind. It's Monday through Friday, you know, the normal 40 hours a week plus, you know, every, every, I'm at every game. So you're working on hatching, cultivating partnerships, relationships that lead to partnerships in order to, you know, make sure that the ship that is the Stingray stays afloat, so to speak, and thrives, I'd imagine. Um, I do, for, you know, the purposes of full disclosure, sorts of similar things at Low Country Local First, which for those just tuning in is a local economic development nonprofit based right here in the Low Country. Uh, we support and advocate for local independent businesses. I'm in charge of bringing on sponsors and, and making sure we've got uh, individuals who are on board for events and that sort of thing. And I understand it is the fuel that sort sort of keeps the, 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 the engine running, so to speak, whether it's an event or a public awareness campaign, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what about, you know, but it's easy to get stuck in like the dollars and cents and the ones and zeros of that. How do you pick your head up and remind yourself that what you do is crucial to creating those sorts of intimate family community moments that you just illustrated for us? Yeah, I think I think our roles are, are not that different. I think, you know, providing a, a fan experience um, ultimately comes down to what our corporate partners, what our community is able to kind of bring to the table. So when we look at kind of a military appreciation night or, or our pink in the rink night, none of these are possible without the support of our partners. Mm -hmm. So really kind of our, our partners come first and it's kind of finding that, that, that corporate partner that, you know, someone in the community to kind of get involved and spearhead it with us to make that event possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even just from a, you know, a giveaway, you know, coming up, I think, uh, March 5th, we have our youth jersey giveaway. We wouldn't be doing that if we didn't have a corporate partner that was able to step up and, and support that night. Mm -hmm. You know, um, this coming Saturday, the 12th, is our heart and health night, kind of promoting healthy living, um, pr uh, working with the Low Country Heart Walk. That wouldn't happen without our partners at MUSC and Truist. Um, so cool. kind of the, these events kind of, start from our corporate partners first sure. a lot of the times. So it sounds like you've worked with uh, folks like MUSC for other local independent business owners out there who are listening in right now or listening back to the podcast once this is recorded or other folks who are, you know, anchored to the local community here, they're business leaders in their own right, or they're leaders of their own organization or nonprofit. Right. And they, they understand kind of the importance of, uh, of getting their name out there, of connecting meaningfully, intentionally with their fellow community members, of spreading the word about what they do, why they do it. And they're listening in and they're meeting you over the airwaves, Kevin. And they're thinking to themselves, you know, I, I wonder if w there's some synergy there between us and this really cool local sports organization. What sort of local, and, and I'm talking specifically about local organizations now, what sort of local organization do you consider when considering, you know, a special night like the one you just mentioned or a, or a particular event when you're looking to engage in a, in a corporate sponsorship that'll make said event or campaign possible? Yeah, I think everything that we do is kind of customized, if you will, to kind of the individual partner. So like <clears throat> we don't even necessarily have you know, what you'd consider like a, a rate card or saying, hey, like here's a menu of things to kind of choose from. Every meeting is different, you know, so we kind of get to know the partner first and really kind of understand what their goals are, what their initiatives are, what they're trying to do, and then how we can kind of support that. Sure. Um, 
you know, every just about every game we recognize, we raise awareness for, you know, a nonprofit organization. And that could be as big as kind of the heart walk where we wear specialty jerseys and money going back or just, you know, a, a special employee night out or, or volunteer based kind of event, you know, sure. um, things like that or setting up a table, you know, in our concourse where you can just engage with, you know, our 5,000 fans and just sure. talk to them about the programs initiatives that yeah. they're doing. So it can be on a very small scale um, or large scale. So I think every organization is kind of different. Is that the occupancy of the arena? 5,000? No, our, um, we hold for hockey. We're a little over 8,000. Okay. And I would say currently right now our, our kind of average attendance, you know, coming back from, from a, a COVID season sure. and building that back up where we're, you know, averaging close to five on, on our big, nice. you know, Saturday nights. Nice. What's your favorite memory you have of a particular night or a game? You know, that's a funny, that's a great question. And, and it was actually asked to me not that long ago. Um, and just going back to our COVID season. So last year we were, you know, just grateful enough to, to be playing. A lot of teams opted out of the season, um, either certain state restrictions or just, you know, the financial burden of, of playing. A lot of teams in the league that the Stingers play in or the conference that y'all are in. Yeah, so like our division or kind of the conference, sure. you know, that ranges from, you know, Florida up into Canada. Um, oh, wow. So certain teams were you know, restricted and weren't able to play. Sure. Certain teams just decided financially didn't make sense. Um, we were able to kind of, we were able to play last year. Um, so the restrictions kind of going into last season was about 25%. So we were at 2,500 fans, just about 90% of the season. Hmm. And we were still trying to do everything we could to kind of provide that experience, provide that, you know, energy at every game with 2,500 fans. Um, sure. The last game of the year, which was June 5th, where we just clinched um, a position in the playoffs, we opened up to kind of full capacity. And the last game of the year, we had 7,300 fans. And wow. it just gave you kind of the chills and that kind of reminder of kind of why we do what we do. Because we yeah. spent 35 games, you know, at 2,500 fans. And then finally, when we were open, be able to open back up, there were 7,300 people Ooh. screaming and yelling. The energy was there, kind of, you know, gave me the chills. And I, I remember sitting down by the glass and kind of looking up and just saying, you know, yeah. we, we needed this as a staff yeah. to kind of remind us of like, hey, this is, you know, especially going into the playoffs and then, you know, making it, you know, we were Eastern Conference champions. And then going into this year is kind of having that last game of the year as kind of that that refresher of why we're doing what we're doing. Huh, man, yeah, that's giving me the chills. And I don't think it's just because we're talking about ice rinks. <laughs> uh, it's chilly outside too. So, it is yeah. chilly. <laughs> Let's talk about it. It's chilly outside. You, you know, but typically it's warm. It's, you know, we're in Charleston. We're in the low country. We're known for our temperate climate. I mean, this time of year, it's not unusual to have the occasional 80 degree day, right? And then we all know how hot and humid it can be in the summer and the spring and a lot of the fall. You spend your days working for a hockey team. Talk to me about hockey in Charleston, South Carolina. How do we accept it culturally? What's, do you know a little bit about the history of it? How do you get 7,300 people so excited that they're just bursting at the seams to come see a game here? I mean, talk to me about hockey in really warm climates. What's that all about? Yeah, well, you know, I think, you know, Charleston specifically is now, you know, 
it's a transient city. You know, we have, you know, we have season ticket holders that are calling us or people calling us to buy tickets that, you know, we're Washington Capital season ticket holders, we're Boston Bruins season ticket holders, and they've moved now down here huh. and they're looking for, for hockey. You know, I think start of the season when we open up in October, you know, we have a really strong opening night. And then we, we do compete with the nice weather in October, November. We compete with college football, Clemson, USC. So, you know, Saturdays can be kind of a bit challenging. Um, but really once we kind of hit December, January, February, March is really when we start kind of, um, you know, moving along really strongly and our, sure. our attendance starts to pick up. Last year, our <clears throat> our season was delayed due to COVID, and we actually played again. Our last game of the year was on June fifth. The la- that was the last regular season game. Our championship game was the July fourth weekend. Um, so that kind of was definitely kind of a bit challenging, you know, sure. trying to keep a, a rink cold in in June or July. But is it just require a massive amount of uh, di- like? Is it disproportionately more energy consumptive to do it then? Like. It's like 90 degrees outside. I mean, are you, is are you literally, is it a matter of like cranking up the, the cold, so to speak by, uh, you know, 200%. There are like scientists out there uh, having panic attacks as yeah. I speak, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's July 4th. It's 90 degrees. You've got to create an Arctic environment. Is that, is it like a monetary concern? There? Yeah, I think, well, you know, as we kind of, you know, we, you know, last year was a bit of an anomaly, like playing in June and July. That doesn't generally happen unless we're kind of deep into the playoffs. Sure. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't kind of control the, the ice or the temperature, but I know that it does like when it, when it warms up, you know, there's a, the conscious effort to make sure that the arena is staying right. you know, at a certain temperature to keep sure. us, you know, ready. Yeah. July 4th, uh, at the Stingrays <laughs> arena, uh, let's, uh, you know, get yeah. that sponsored by Morelli brothers, right? <laughs> right. Morelli brothers, if you're listening, <laughs> there could be an opportunity there. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So, so walk me back a little bit. So now you're in Charleston. You've been here for about five years, doing what you're doing with the Stingrays. Um, your, your family lives here as well, obviously. Do you have uh, any kids? Uh, no kids. We uh, live in Park Circle. Um, cool. We're we're a fur family, so we have a, a dog and a, and a cat, and that's kind of where where we're happy. Right there um, with right you. There, yeah. Right there with you. What are the names of the pets? Uh, Porter is our dog, um, named after kind of our favorite beer style and then our cat is uh lou porter and lou love it um do you uh so so tell me about first of all is is arena pet friendly i doubt it uh no we do actually though we host this year we're hosting two but we do kind of our pucks and and paws games so pucks and paws paws. yeah so two games a year you get to bring your kind of four-legged friend to to the arena and they're wildly popular games um and a, and a lot of fun pucks and paws yeah pucks so our and, next one is march and paws our next one is march 6 which is uh sunday in a month that's month awesome now, so. cool so you said you don't skate you got to dig into that a little bit more for me you spend your days talking to individuals about why it's so important to meaningfully connect with your organization get out in front of a community that's presumably eager to learn about you know, local uh, organizations, and certainly they've they've made the you know effort on their end to come out to choose a local sporting event. Right? These are active, engaged, presumably thoughtful members of the community who are in your seats. Right? Yeah, I think of those seventy three hundred, and I think, man, 
it takes a lot of engagement, a lot of motivation, a lot of ambition to show up for something like that. And I wish I had been there on that night. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, how you as someone who doesn't skate can keep a straight face in some of these meetings with individuals as you're trying to, I mean, they understand the importance of hockey and local sports and the ways in which it can bring a community get together. But, but you don't, I mean, you don't skate. How do you, is there just a drive to be part of something like this that's bigger than oneself or is it just a love for sports in general? Do you ever feel like it's an impediment to you personally or professionally that you don't have that like immediate connection to the rink or no? Well, I did tell you that in confidence, not thinking that you were going <laughs> to tell everybody on air um, that well, I don't, I, that I, I don't I think, skate. I, think I have said that earlier on air. Yeah. I, I have, can play back the potato. Yeah. I have skated before. I'm not good at it. Um, okay. I'll take that back. Scratch that from the record. Kevin skates. Not good, but you know, we are so much more than hockey. Okay. Um, and, and that's really, again, when I'm, when we're, I'm talking to fans, I'm talking to our, you know, community partners, you know, the community, we are so much more than, than hockey. We're, we're an experience. We're entertainment. Sure. What's happening on the ice is, is, is great. You know, it's, it's by far the most exciting sport live that I've, that I've been a part of. Um, but really when we kind of dig deep and we look at kind of our fans, we do have our, our, incredible loyal strong fan base diehard fans over you know we've been around for next year will be 30 years oh wow so we have kind of our our that diehard fan base but then you know it's it's coming out with your school you know it's coming out to um you know with your 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 youth group you know your youth hockey team your youth baseball team so it's so much more than than hockey you know it's an experience and when we look at kind of from a business side of things and I look at working with our corporate partners is the same thing it's providing that kind of you know engagement with our fans so what are we doing that's kind of unique and and different um and it's not just about your you know traditional you know sign on the ice it's you know how are we engaging with our fans how are we providing that experience um whether it's in the arena or even outside you know doing a you know, a community event or a volunteer kind of initiative. So, um, so it hasn't really like, you know, I can talk hockey, you know, I can, (laughs) I can talk to sport. I know it, you know, I kind of, I, I I pay attention to, you know, the team when, when we're, you know, when we're winning, what's, what's, what's happening, but you know, it it doesn't really kind of come into play. I think if I did play, it would probably, you know, add another component, you know, just because there is kind of that community of adult hockey players, there's kind of that, you know, youth hockey kind of, um, you know, community that I'm not really engaged with as much, but, um, but that's where we have a really great staff that kind of, we have several people that kind of are, are engaged in that. Well, I'll empathize with you and pull back the curtain on my own life since I just put you on blast. Uh, you know, I advocate for and support local independent businesses here in Charleston. I'm not a business owner, so to speak. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I work for a nonprofit at the end of the day. Um, you know, in the past I've, I've been engaged with entrepreneurial endeavors and here and there, there are different hustles I'm involved with in various capacities, but I'm not running some major fortune 500 company. And so there are going to be natural blind spots that I can't fill through my own experience. So just like you, it's, you know, you observe and you engage and you keep a curious mind. So I can, I can completely relate to that. Tell me about one of these, uh, community engagement experiences, one of these fan uh, evenings, one of these themed nights that 
you felt like you just hit it out of the park, so to speak. You hit it out of the arena. It just felt like really, really unique and special. Because like, I know y'all are always doing stuff. Every other week, it's like, man, how did they think of that? People are throwing like bears out into the rink, or you know, it's like people are bringing in whatever. I feel like every week there's something really cool that y'all have dreamed up. How do you dream those things up? And then give me a specific example about something that stands out to you as being particularly unique and fun. Great question. Um, yeah, I think. Well, coming up, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really excited about this weekend, about our heart and health night. This is the first time we're doing this. Um, so I'm really kind of excited about, you know, working with our partners and, and, you know, attendance is looking really good. There's gaining a lot of traction. There's a lot of interest there. So I'm excited for this upcoming weekend. Um, military appreciation night is always probably one of my favorite nights. Um, you know, we wear specialty jerseys. We, you know, this year we donated close to a thousand tickets to, you know, Joint Base Charleston, the Navy Base, oh, you know, cool. uh, the v- VFWs, the, the nice. VA hospital. Um, and special jerseys, meaning everyone on the team has like a custom jersey for that night? Yeah. So that's, oh, wow. yeah. So we do that probably about six to seven times a year. Wow. That's a ton of jerseys. So we'll do um, a specialty jersey. So again, we have one this Saturday wearing like a, you know, kind of unique heart and health, you know, uh, with the heart walk. Cool. So we'll wear like a, you know, our military appreciation jersey. And then we actually auction those off during the game. So um, smart. That's and awesome. then our fans kind of bid on them and that money kind of gets collected and then donated back to a local nonprofit. Um, one of kind of our, our, my favorite games is, is our teddy bear toss just from that kind of visual experience of when, after we score, score our first goal, our fans launch stuffed animals onto the ice. Okay, let's let's break this down for everybody. Uh, so people are by launch. You're t- are, are there is are is there machinery involved? We're we're just All throwing throw, stuffed just, animals. Just throwing stuffed animals from your seat. So and we're bringing we, you. Then you're, they're bringing it in from home. You're bringing them in from home, and we have fans that bring hundreds bags of them, <laughs> and uh, it's it's incredible. And then you know we. It's not an expectation they're getting these back. Obviously. No, no, they get donated. So they all Got get it. donated. So um, Low Country Orphan Relief, um, Community Resource Center, Sarah's Cares. Like, you know, we, we, we do a lot of, you know, they go back to a lot of different um, organizations. Cool. So I think this year was close to like 6,000 um, wow. teddy bears that we kind of like, again, they get launched onto the ice and our players are kind of cleaning them up and it's just a, a lot of fun. And stemming from that, we also do our undie sunday which is presented by uh, gildan so gildan kind of helps us out and they donated a lot of packaged socks and and underwear that go to 180 place so we kind of took that teddy bear initiative and kind of grew it into this undie sunday thing and cool um that benefits 180 place and the last two times we've done it provides them kind of the the socks and underwear for, for almost about six months Wow, um, which incredible. is which is which is pretty incredible. We'll have to get you hooked up with Fit Socks, a local sock company here yeah. in Charleston, for next time. But that is great that a lot of those proceeds, a lot of that effort, is uh, directed towards 180 Place, a really great uh, operation, nonprofit here in town. I know they've got some. I think uh, there's a big affordable project, uh, housing project that they're uh, in the midst of right now. Um, that's great that y'all do stuff like that. Um, so back to how do you dream it up? I mean, are you like looking around at other metro areas and seeing what their hockey teams are doing or what their sports teams are, are thinking of? I mean, how do you come up with this stuff? 
Yeah, I th- you know, I think on the ice, you know, you can tell that our teams teams don't generally like each other, you know, whether they're fighting on the ice or, or whatnot. But <laughs> off the ice in the front office and the league um, really collaborate really well together. You know, monthly calls, you know, kind of conferences and kind of, you know, all best ideas are kind of stolen ideas, you know, or kind of just, you know, sure. uh, tweaked a little yeah. bit to kind of fit your market. So, you know, we were always kind of talking to our, our friends in Florida and Jacksonville and, you know, Greenville and just kind of seeing what's working there, how we can kind of, you know, steal some ideas and pass some things around. And, and then how do we how do we change it to fit Charleston? And how do we cool. change it to kind of fit, you know, you know, whether our arena or, you know, different things and, you know, uh, nuances there. Um, but usually a lot of it kind of, again, stems from either taking an idea from another team or, you know, relying on our kind of business community to come up with us and say, hey, you know, I had this thought, you know, what do you think? And generally we're, we're yes people, you know, we want to make things happen and we want to kind of make an impact and do something different. So you know, we generally kind of are open to just about anything and open to trying something and, and continuing to building, building on it. I look at, you know, the Sunday Sunday game and that kind of how that stemmed and kind of really blossomed into a pretty big night. Um, you know, that initial meeting was a little kind of odd, you know? Sure. Um, Yeah. It's like, I've got an idea about it involves underwear and hockey um, and here's what we're going to do. You yeah. know, I'd imagine there's a lot of kind of like out of left field ideas. I'm using all sports metaphors. I think it's something with you being in the room. I don't even, I'm not particularly, uh, you know, uh, whipped up by fandom of any one sport in particular. I don't know where these are coming from. Strange synapses in my brain are firing right now. Um, so tell me a little bit about, uh, you go to every game you told me earlier. Um, I think that's pretty cool. It shows dedication and a true love for the sport and for what you all do. Um, are you, I mean, are you into like every little stat? Are you keeping statistics, saber metric style? Are you, are you just, are you going to the games, uh, for other reasons? I mean, you, you must love the sport on some level. It's obvious that you do. How many games are there and what sort of commitment is it to really hit every one? And why do you do it? So we play from, you know, this year, October 23rd was our home opener. We'll play through April 9th is our last regular season game. So we play 36 home games. Wow. Um, you know, generally speaking, I think the majority this year, I'd probably say 30 out of the 36, probably 32 out of the 36 fall on the weekend. Um, you know, so I, I, it can be challenging for my wife, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, bet. not, not being around all the time. But um, as far as like in game, I, I do not pay attention to stats. I do not really pay attention to the kind of analytics, you know, on the ice. But what I do is kind of again, I'm I'm you know working with our current partners. If if it is a sponsored night, I'm making sure that that is sure. you know that is everything is being executed to the way we told them it would be. Sure. Um, you know, in addition, just kind of entertaining um, clients, entertaining pro- saying thank you to you know people that we work with. So you know, inviting you out to a game and just saying thank you for you know working with us. Um, and then inviting people who have never been to a game because seeing it firsthand really kind of provides that, you know, experience, which is a word I feel like I've been using a lot, but it, it, it provides that opportunity for someone to come into a game, maybe that have ne- has never been sure. and say, 
I didn't know you did this. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't know that this is what this was about. And yes, I want to figure out a way to work with you. And that could be on a small scale. It could be on a large scale, but you know, it's, it's saying thank you to our current clients and it's just inviting people out, you know, new businesses, people we've never worked with before just to come, you know, say, just see what we're doing. And I guarantee you when you come for the first time, you'll be impressed and you know, we'll, we'll figure out a way to kind of work together. So speaking of that first time attendee, uh, let's say I'm listening in right now, somewhere in Charleston and I'm thinking to myself, man, I got to go to a Stingrays game. I, you know, maybe they're thinking, I, I didn't even know we had a hockey team in town or maybe they knew about it and they just never really got up to, to bring the family out. How do I go about coming to a game? I mean, f- from step one, where do I find the tickets? How much are they? What's the range in ticket prices? What should I bring with me? I mean, are folks tailgating like they are, like a football game? I and mean, what's the what's the fan experience like for someone who hasn't been there? Yeah, um, interesting enough, like uh, we do have a lot of tailgating, um, you know, which is I don't think is kind of like natural for for a hockey team, but uh, we do have a lot of fans, you know, come a Saturday, Saturday night with our game starting at six, you'll see people out there four thirty, you know, with tables and playing cornhole and, and, you know, barbecuing and kind of having a good time. I'd say probably first step is follow us on social media. You know, um, we always have kind of unique ticket offers, unique packages that we're kind of doing. You know, we partner with frothy beard and we do $12 tickets on Friday nights and $5 frothy beers. That's awesome. Um, you know, this weekend we have a Valentine's day kind of package that we're offering. And so there's always kind of a, a way that you can access tickets at a discounted rate through us and through some of the promotions that we're doing. You know, you can always go to the box office and just show up and, and purchase a ticket. You know, more than likely you're not going to get the seats that you ultimately want. Um, and you're probably, you know, paying a little bit higher because you're not buying in advance or buying something, you know, through us. Sure. But our our tickets range, you know, I think, again, we offer unique packages for someone who wants to come out more than once, you know. And, and you know, we know that season tickets is not for everybody. Not everyone is going to want to come to 36 games a year. But we do offer kind of flexible packages that allow you to kind of go to four or five, receive, you know, a significant discount. But even for that fan who's just like, I want to go this weekend, follow you, I guarantee you'll see kind of some deal, um, cool. you know, offered there. Nice. And are there concessions on site? And are, are there local? It sounds like you have local beer at least one night a week from Frothy. Do yeah, you, we do. you try do, to do um, that stuff as much as possible? Yeah, so we're, you know, we're, um, we're a tenant of the building. So we Got just it. rent out the building, you know, 36 times a year. Got it. We work really closely with the Coliseum, the city, um, their concessions, their catering, their management company to kind of make sure that we, you know, are kind of all on, on the same page. Um, but yeah, I think our, you know, catering concessions, you know, does a, a great job trying to stay local with some local beers and local kind of, you know, things. And, um, but we do have concessions. We have kind of a, you know, full bar area, two terrace locations where you can kind of hang out and cool. And then we just, um, we just opened probably mid December, these two new kind of, you know, luxury suites that have been really popular. Um, you know, nice. you can kind of fits roughly about 40 or so people. And it's kind of a nice, you know, way to kind of entertain and have a party and kind of, you know, uh, have a good time. That's pretty cool. Can folks get in touch with you directly or do they get in touch with someone in particular about exploring ways to reserve those suites? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I or is that something reserved for partnerships? Uh, no. So, you know, it is, they, you know, some of our, 
suites and hospitality areas kind of fill up, you know, pretty quickly. We have two like ice suites. Um, I think low country, I think you guys were in one last yeah, season. Yeah. Oh man. We a bunch um, of our friends, family, community partners took yeah. advantage of one of those ice suites and they loved it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's right on the glass. That's, you know, that's sold out kind of for this season. Okay. Um, with the new suites kind of just opening, you know, we have some available dates kind of later in March, you know, and, and kind of towards the tail end of the season. And that would just, again, be, you know, my info's on our website. You just go to our website, sure. follow us, you know, and we'll, you know, usually get back to you. We'll get back to you quickly. And what's the Stingray's website? Do you know offhand? Uh, Stingray'sHockey.com. Okay. Stingray'sHockey.com. Yep. Definitely be sure to check that out for Kevin's contact information. If you want to get in touch with him, talk about partnerships, talk about hockey in general, um, talk about how he doesn't skate, just kidding. Uh, he skates. <laughs> uh, he's excellent on it. I've seen him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kevin, is there anything you want to ask me about Low Country Local first? Yeah, you know, I think um I think one of the misconceptions with you know the the Stingrays is, you know, because we have kind of this brand we play at, you know, the Coliseum, we have kind of this this fan base and people know, you know, but sure. but a lot of people don't realize that we are a small business. Yep. Um and we utilize kind of your resources. So, you know, just kind of maybe how again like how the stingrays can can get more involved you know um like i said we're a small business we're you know roughly about 15 full-time staff you know um and what maybe we could be doing um you know you know differently or, sure. or more with you great all. question um i'm glad you asked that uh i think one one way that you can get more involved with low country local first is just by being on this great podcast if i don't say so myself um which uh, we've been so uh generously allowed to host on ohm radio this is a great way to get your message out so i appreciate you carving out a little bit of time to be here with us today there's so many different ways and i know that the stingrays as is the case with any business organization and i think it's great that you point out y'all are a business i think you're absolutely right people think entertainment sports people playing hockey they don't realize necessarily that you know this this is really just the outer shell and inside you have the workings of a business, right? Day in, day out, folks are clocking in, clocking out to make that the, the magic of hockey happen. Um, there are tons of ways to, to align with the work that we do at Low Country Local First, uh, whether it's engaging with our local expertise exchange, which is an opportunity for folks to give and contribute or take and benefit from targeted types of business help. And so it can be uh, financial assistance from a local accountant. Maybe you've got to get your ones and zeros uh, in order and you don't know up from down, left from right. We'll get you connected with a local accountant or accounting office. Make sure that they're able to sort you out. Maybe you need some legal help or maybe you're uh, negotiating a lease, that sort of thing. We'll get you connected to a local attorney who understands that world specifically. And that's going to just be a free 60-minute consultation. We'll connect you at uh, your convenience and at the contributor's convenience. And we'll make sure that happens. We always want to make sure we're connecting you with a local independent business and first and foremost, we want to ensure that that local expertise exchange gives you information you need up front, and maybe that's all you need, right? But perhaps down the line, some sort of longer-term business relationship flourishes. So we're always looking at ways to enhance and increase uh, B2B 
connections and local expertise exchange is just one way. Another way, of course, is logging on to our business directory. So if ever there's someone that you think y'all might want to connect with, uh, and whether it's Fit Socks, like I mentioned before, or it's Frothy Beard, which you're already connected with, or anyone else in that ecosystem who could be a potential concessions partner um, or, or who could be a potential partner on a theme night, they're probably one of the 500 businesses in our local business directory right at lowcountrylocalfirst.org. You can click business directory in the upper right and see all of those certified local businesses. Um, when a business is certified local, folks are, I think, four to five times more uh, per, uh, inclined to, to patronize that business. We've done some research with Chernoff Newman and some other folks who have uh, helped us uh, chance on that. Um, so yeah, there's, there's tons of ways to get involved and those are just a couple of them. Um, of course we've got our local socials every month. We've got our next one coming up this Thursday at first Reliance bank in Mount Pleasant. It's an excellent opportunity for business owners, local business leaders, uh, movers and shakers to get together, to interface with each other, right? Cut out the middlemen, bring in the leadership of these really important mom and pop shops that emerge from the soil of the low country and get them interfacing face to face, right? We did it virtually for a while when it had to be virtual and now we're back in person. We're really excited that those monthly member mixers are back in person. We've got free local beer, free local wine, free local non-alcoholic drinks, great soda from Cannonboro. We've got you know, light bites and, and, and the list goes on. Uh, that's another way to get involved. If, if you want to look for an in-person way to get involved, it's really, it, it, it runs the gamut from marketing opportunities to tap into our 60,000 plus audience members that we've cultivated meaningfully and authentically over the last 15 years to again, coming out to an event and getting a discount to something like our huge uh, business conference, the good business summit this February uh, on the 24th. So tons of ways to get involved and we can definitely talk more offline about it, but I do appreciate you bringing that up and I want to follow up and turn it around back to you and ask you a little bit about how the stingrays functions as a business, right? I think that's a, that's a really astute point you make that not everybody realizes, Hey, this isn't just a sports team. This is a, this is a low country headquartered business, right? So talk to me more about like the business acumen you need to work for and at a sports organization. Yeah. And and just kind of to piggyback a little bit off of, you know, what you were just saying is I know from, your socials and, and events that you guys do, like I am always either a trying to attend or get our staff to really kind of attend. Cause you know, we, a lot of our employees are kind of, you know, younger and a kind of just getting into kind of the, you know, the industry Sure. also kind of either, you know, just moving to the Charleston area. So, you know, really, you know, whether it leads to anything or not, it's, it's kind of creating those connections and creating that relationship. It doesn't, you know, have to lead to, you know, a, a partnership or a, a sale of any, of any, of any kind, right, but right. It, it's just meeting people and building those relationships, you know, and I'm, you know, our staff is kind of, you know, one, I think they love kind of going out and, you know, you guys do a good job or a great job with kind of, you know, the locations of some of them and, you know, when it's at Holy city, you know, half of, you know, the majority of our staff wants to go, you know? Um, (laughs) so, um, those are always great. And, you know, I I think every time I walk out of there meeting, you know, three or four new people, um, and and always kind of enjoy it. So yeah, it's always um, hard to make a bank as a venue as separate, right. But we do our best. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, going into your, I guess, last question and, you know, again, we're, relatively small office you know 12 to to 15 people and and really i think everyone is kind of in that you know 
you know, whether you're in marketing, you're in communications, you're in graphic design, ticket sales, partnerships, we're all um, really living and breathing the the brand, living and breathing the team. And, and, you know, it's having that kind of team atmosphere. Not one, you know, person is going to kind of sell out our arena. Not one person is going to kind of, you know, do that. So we collectively really kind of, you know, look at, you know, just like the team on the ice and kind of having that camaraderie and making sure that we're all working together for one common goal is we're kind of doing the same thing in the front office and kind of taking that kind of mentality um, to really work together, you know, and saying this Saturday night, we need to have every department, every person kind of working on all cylinders collectively to make sure that it's a success, whether that's, you know, merchandise, whether that's, you know, our graphic designer, our video board guy, kind of making sure that the graphics for our partners are right or, you know, is providing that kind of entertainment um, to promoting the games in advance and then to ultimately our ticket sales team kind of, you know, making sure that people are getting tickets. Aside from number of tickets sold, what for you personally in your world as VP of corporate partnerships, uh, what does success look like? How do you know, hey, that was a really, that was a really, really like top 10 successful night? You know, general just feedback from our fans, you know, um, you know, because we do have, you know, as I mentioned before, we have our kind of core season ticket holders. So, you know, hearing kind of their feedback and when we do a, you know, because they're at games, you know, you know, they they've committed early earlier on in the season. So it's, you know, it's not necessarily buying a ticket for a particular game because it's, you know, pucks and paws night or or heart and health night. They're yeah. coming. Um so hearing kind of their feedback when mm-hmm. they kind of come and say, wow, like this was a, a great night, um, that is always kind of huge. You know, and then our business partners, whether it's the the, the sponsor of the night, mm-hmm. kind of saying, hey, you guys, you know, killed it. You know, as well as kind of our, our community. Normally there's a, a community partner, someone who's kind of, you know, either a beneficiary of the event or a nonprofit that we're kind of highlighting um, and getting kind of their, their feedback. So, um, but I think our core fans who are at every game kind of hearing that feedback to say, Hey, Mm -hmm. like this was, you you need to do this again, or thank you, you know, for, for, for putting this on. That's awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to coming out to a game. I'm going to have to hit one up before the end of the season. Who's coming up this week? Uh, Norfolk admirals, I think are coming up and then, uh, you mentioned 32 home games, right? Uh, is that pretty evenly spaced over the course of the season? So it's it's uh, or 36, 30, 36 right. home games. I think th- I said 32 are generally going to be like your Friday or Saturday right, or Sunday right, right, game. Right. We don't play a whole lot um, during the week. We have a few kind of you know weekday Wednesday night games kind of thing. Got it. Um, I think you're right. We're playing Norfolk. Um, to be honest, again, like I probably should be better at this, but. You know, I focus so much on the kind of the oh, your head other down. details, yeah, the, like the inside, the you know, the inside For of, sure. you know, again, like this weekend being, you know, heart and health, like I am entrenched in kind of that focus of what are we doing with MUSA? What right, are we doing right, with right. our partners with Truist? Making sure that, you know, all of those things are lining up. Um Sometimes I don't know who we're playing until like you know the, the <laughs> night of the game and be like okay yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about so you've you mentioned MUC a few times like it, it's very obvious just from sitting down with you for a little while and again we've had conversations in the past where I've I, I've learned about more of these events that y'all put on. 
it's, I mean, I've been to other local sporting events really across the country, primarily on the Eastern corridor. I've been to, you know, major league events, professional sporting events at the professional level, not many, but enough to have a basis for understanding. It's very obvious to me that the stingrays go above and beyond out of their way to meaningfully not just partner with really important organizations who are doing important stuff in, in medicine and health and exercise and um, affordable housing, et cetera, but also to kind of educate the community through the choice of who you want, who you partner with. Um, what, where does that drive to be a community steward come from? Yeah. That, you know, I, I appreciate you kind of saying that because honestly, our mission, you know, especially on the on the partner, the corporate partner side of things, is going above and beyond, um, and kind of thinking outside the box. You know, we have, you know, I say like we have our partner agreements that when we go into a season, we say, okay, we need to check the box of, you know, is your sign up, is it the correct sign? Are we doing this on so? Are we doing this? But really, then, when the season starts, we kind of say, how can we do more? You know, what can we do more? to provide more of a, you know, a return, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we do, you know, kind of new in the last like year or so is, is we, we host our own kind of partner networking events to kind of connect our corporate partners together, um, to see how they can do business with each other, how they can kind of support each other. Um, so that may be, you know, just a happy hour. And then, you know, we're, you know, organically just introducing people to, to other businesses right. to kind of say, Hey, this is a partner of the stingrays. This is a partner of the stingrays. You guys should, to, should talk. So, um, I think we're always trying to think outside the box. We're always trying to do more. Um, and just making, you know, really kind of making sure that every year they look at us and say, this is, you know, they, they went above and beyond. That's awesome. Just a couple more questions for you. We're yeah. wrapping up coming to the end of the hour. And uh, just want to get a, a couple more uh, pieces of insight from you, Kevin. Sure. Um, first and foremost, I would be remiss to not, I know we're all, we're all past talking about it. We've all chatted about it in interview after interview. It has been an incredibly difficult 18 months for us all. And I mean that deeply, personally, professionally, from a business perspective, from a family perspective. Um, but but I, I would be remiss to not ask you one, at least one question about how COVID has or hasn't affected the processes at the Stingrays, particularly keeping in mind that the Stingrays are, first and foremost, an in-person event. Um, I'm just curious, you obviously came, came through this and you're still standing to tell the tale. What are some of the, what are the top three business decisions you all made to be able to weather the COVID storm over the last two years and, and, and understanding it's very much still a developing situation. Yeah, I think, well, you, you nailed it where, you know, we are in person, you know, we are, you know, we're tickets where people at the arena, we yep. don't have kind of the national TV rights where we're playing, you know, games, you know, like, you know, like the NHL where you can play with no fans. Right. We, that's not our business model. We right. can't, you know, we can't do that. I think the biggest thing was, and I remember like it was yesterday of, you know, I think it was our 1920 season. It's the best year we had on the ice, best year we've had off the ice from a, you know, fan perspective. And our season was just canceled. And within 24 hours, you know, it was a Wednesday that we were in, we had games that weekend. 
and we were playing and getting ready for our Friday night, Saturday night game. And Wednesday, things started to shut down and we kind of saw it. Season was suspended and then canceled within 48 hours. And I think immediately what we did is went to servicing over selling, (laughs) Um, is saying, what can we do to help? What can we do to kind of support our businesses? We waived any kind of, you know, partnership agreements. We, you know, put new clauses into place to protect our partners to say, if something happens in the future, here's kind of how it will work. We, you know, made sure that when we were, our, our number one goal was to service. Sure. And we have a lot of restaurants that were, you know, so we were looking at how we can promote, you know, the takeout, how we can promote, sure. you know, certain businesses Cool. and just using our, our, our brand and our fan base to kind of, you know, again, it was servicing over selling. And then, you know, luckily we kind of had this back to play initiative that we were able to kind of come back and get, you know, get the season started again. And, and although like we didn't have the fans that we wanted, it was, I think it was crucial for, you know, the community and for Charleston to get some form of entertainment back. Yeah, right. Cause our stingray first stingrays game in December, I think was the first live, you know, indoor sporting event in the state. Oh, wow. Wow, that's 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 uh, quite the noted distinction. That's awesome. I, I, I notice uh, we're going to wrap up here now, uh, Kevin. But I notice that the businesses, at least anecdotally, from my limited perspective, who weathered the last eighteen to twenty-four months uh, the best are those who tried, and this can sometimes be a privileged position to be in. But those who at least tried to service over sell, like you just mentioned, I think of Jeff Plotner or Brackish Bowties, who jumped into action. Uh, creating medical masks uh, rather than his luxury good bow ties kind of put that on hold created a whole bunch of medical masks and slowly like when operations were able to get back up to cruising altitude he did so but it was really just this inclination to give rather than get first which kind of kept kept people afloat ironically so I appreciate you you've mentioned that Kevin and listen I appreciate you being here today this was an awesome conversation I learned a lot I know our listeners did as well Thank you so much. I hope that we continue to have these conversations, even though they're off the air. And uh, want to just give you the opportunity to say any parting thoughts. You got ten seconds. Ten, oh, ten seconds. Okay. Um, no, just thank you, Steve. Thank you, Low Country Look First. You know, really kind of appreciate this. Um, just come out to a game. I guess that would be my last thing. Come check us out. Come you out know? to a game. And just come have a have a good time. Yeah. And. Uh, that's, that's you it. heard it here. Come out to a game. Stingrayshockey.com. I'm Steve Fletcher, your host of Small Talks Big Ideas with Steve, coming at you from Low Country Local First, a local economic development nonprofit here in Charleston, hosted by Ohm.